In the first two years of the business, Kylie Cosmetics reportedly sold $630 million of makeup. All this with no paid traffic, 15 part-time staff and seven full-time staff. Their first product was a lip kit, which sold out 15,000 units in one minute. Kylie said by the time she'd hit refresh on the page, all the inventory was gone. And did I mention that by this stage, Kylie Jenner, the founder, was only 20 years old? Okay, I can feel you maybe tuning out a little bit. Tim, this is so mad. These numbers are so crazy. Kylie is such an exception. How can I even take lessons from it? I'm not Kylie Jenner. I'm not an influencer. Maybe I'm a solicitor's firm in Hull. How am I going to take any lessons from this? I don't have followers, blah, blah, blah. So I totally hear you, by the way. Answer me this. Isn't this success just too big to ignore? And doesn't it highlight a trend or direction that you just cannot afford to turn a blind eye to? Remember, none of what Kylie Jenner used to build this business existed 10 years ago. This is the hottest of the hot. This is a building made with all new tools. And these are the tools of modern commerce and modern digital marketing. This is not a business that is nailing everything by any means. This business actually is leaving massive holes. And honestly, I was shocked at when I saw some of the gaps in their digital marketing. It's extremely vulnerable in one key area, but it is a business that is doing fantastically well in some really important areas. And trust me, there are lessons for every single one of us in this. So in this podcast episode, there's a video version on YouTube as well. In this podcast episode, we're going to be doing a deep dive into Kylie Cosmetics, the cosmetics brand owned by Kylie Jenner of Keeping Up With The Kardashians fame. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. We help our clients generate more leads and sales from their website. And every so often, we get really fascinated by a business growth story. Now, we're going to be looking at Kylie Cosmetics. And as I said in the intro, whilst on the surface, this business might not have much crossover with many of us who are listening or thinking about digital marketing at the moment, actually, there are some really fundamental lessons here about the impact of influencers, about how to build a brand, and about how to use launches and scarcity really effectively. Firstly, we're going to look at some key principles about their social media and the growth that they've generated through that. Then we're going to take a look at some of the stuff that they're really not doing well. And you will be amazed, or at least I was completely astounded by some of the gaps that they're leaving. So it really is fascinating to see, a little bit like the Tesla episode, if you listen to that, how by doing a couple of things really well, you can actually get away with having some gaps. But that does leave vulnerability. And just like with Tesla's reliance on Elon Musk for their visibility, Kylie Jenner is that to the extreme for Kylie Cosmetics. She is the tentpole that is keeping that brand up and that gives it vulnerability. Now they can insulate against that with great digital marketing 
as we will see. But this is a business that is built on social media, so it's only right that we start there. Now, Kylie Cosmetics, their social is in two parts. We have the visibility and the brand that Kylie Jenner herself has built. Then we have the business's social media strategy. Before we get into looking at each of these and how they are deployed to generate sales, I just want to talk a little bit about the business model here. Some modern direct-to-consumer brands are built to utilize influencers. So if we think of businesses like Gymshark, uh, Fashion Nova, Lounge Underwear, these are businesses that are essentially built with the influencer model in mind. This was their kind of go-to-market strategy. Some businesses are run by someone who then becomes an influencer. So think Tesla as a modern example. Berkshire Hathaway with Warren Buffett is another example from a previous generation, but they have a, a CEO or a founder who then becomes a bit of an influencer and drives business to them. Now, Kylie Cosmetics is neither of these. Kylie Cosmetics started with an influencer, Kylie Jenner. They put her at the top or she put herself at the top and then worked out what the business needed to be in order to monetize that following. So it's a fundamentally different model to the Gymsharks of the world or the Teslas of the world, both who heavily use influencer marketing, but in very different ways. Kylie's is a third way. Now, this is really significant, in particular for this case, because Kylie Cosmetics is a brand that really hasn't separated itself out from its founder. Now, you might be thinking, Tim, that's a really dumb thing to say. This is called Kylie Cosmetics. Of course, it's not separating itself from the Kylie Jenner piece. But actually, I would argue this is potentially crucial if the brand is to realize its full potential. You know, people like George Foreman and Joe Malone have shown that it's possible to build a business around a brand which is named after a person and is about that person's personality, then separate the brand when that person no longer becomes as useful as they once were. And actually, that gives the brand a chance to grow even larger than the individual was. If Kylie Cosmetics, for example, has a goal to become the next L'Oreal, which sounds ludicrous, but with the platform that have got its potential, then they need to do this. This becomes, you know, otherwise you ha have the founder being this kind of tentpole holding the whole thing up. Now, we're going to come back to this later because this is something that feeds through across their digital marketing. But for now, though, their social media channels. Now, the main driver of Kylie Cosmetics growth has been Kylie Jenner's own Instagram page. She's been on Instagram since 2011, when she was 14 years old. And of course, she first appeared on TV on Keeping Up With Kardashians, age nine. So fast forward to today, her page has 227 million followers. This is no small marketing asset, to put it mildly. And the temptation is that we look at the pictures and the posts that she's making today, which are a combination of uh, makeup promotional type stuff. There are pictures of her lifestyle, which is incredibly glam, incredibly everything. It's incredibly showy. The danger is we look at this and say, well, yeah, but she already had that. She just, you know, this is Kylie. This is just Kylie doing it herself. This is just her being herself. It's easy posting pictures of a glam life when you have a glam life. But to me, that's a real danger because you try living your life in order to look good on Instagram, posting once or twice a day consistently for seven years. This is a job like any other. If you look at the early days of her Instagram, it's very much just the typical Instagram channel of a teenage girl. 
There is none of the strategic stuff. There is none of the thinking behind this at all. That stuff has come later on. And it, it's very clear that this has been a conscious evolution. This has turned from a personal Instagram account to a Kylie Jenner brand Instagram account. And again, I can hear myself just batting this back and saying, yeah, but it's Kylie Jenner. Like, that's what she does. She has an entire glam room in her house full of wigs and boots and shoes and makeup and clothing. And you can just dismiss the whole thing and say, that's not relevant to me. But actually, doesn't that just show the investment, the time and energy and the resource that she's put into building this personal brand? So this might not look like traditional work, but let's be 100% clear. This is her work. She is working hard. Her life is pure marketing in the sense that the proposition, which her proposition is essentially the life that she presents to us online watching, is built purely around the consumer. If we dismiss all of the posts that we see on Kylie Jenner's Instagram as, yeah, it's just her being her, or oh, it's all fine for her to show her glam life, we fail to properly credit this time, commitment, and financial investment to build a life around the question, what would it look like? What would it take to be one of the world's most followed people online? And by doing that disservice, we view her as lucky, privileged, and we don't take the lessons. So the first lesson here is 100% on the power of personal brand, which we will come back to in just a second. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about the Kylie Cosmetics social channels. So Kylie Jenner's own page is mostly posts of her, her friends, her super glam life, and some promotional images and promotional posts around Kylie Cosmetics. I'm talking mostly Instagram because that's where she has the most traction, but it's a similar story on TikTok, which is the uh, channel which is actually generating the most engagement. Obviously, you don't see view numbers on Instagram, but very, very high view numbers on, uh, on a TikTok account. Now, as for the Kylie Cosmetics channel, it's kind of interesting. And this is where we come back to this idea of Kylie being a bit of a tentpole for the brand. The Kylie Cosmetics page shares kind of what we would expect of a modern direct-to-consumer beauty brand. So it's not a million miles away from the Hot Group properties, for example. Three posts a day for the last few years or so. Then all of a sudden in June 2021, they had a relaunch of the brand and actually deleted all of their posts prior to that. What's interesting about the, um, the brand page is that it has actually been losing followers for a few months this year. So way back in, um, in 2018, 2019, the Kylie Cosmetics page was picking up almost 500,000 new followers per month. Obviously, absolutely ludicrous. But since then, it's been in steady decline. And actually, for May, June, and July of this year, it lost, sorry, for April, May, and June, it actually lost followers. So net followers went down, which is kind of interesting. Now, if you look at the posts, what you will see is that there has been, over time, there has been a, a gradual evolution to feature Kylie less. Okay, so it's almost like they've tried to move away from Kylie being the tentpole of the brand. But if you have a look at the engagement rates on different posts with and without Kylie, we see a stark contrast. So a typical post on the Kylie Cosmetics page will be picking up 100, 150, maybe 200,000 reactions. As soon as we go for a Kylie post, well, the numbers can be much higher. They can be half a million or even up to a million likes. So what we see here is the, the start of the difficulty of about separating the brand from Kylie. Now, some other important context is that 
Um, Coty, the uh, cosmetics brand, bought 51% of Kylie Cosmetics in a $600 million uh, sale. So Coty actually has a bit of an incentive now that Kylie isn't 100% owner of the business. Coty has a bit of an incentive to start moving the brand gently away from Kylie, maybe starting to extract her a little bit so that the brand can stand up on its own. But this Instagram page and the fact that they've been losing followers or not picking up followers as much as Kylie has not been so central and not been curating it all herself shows us the danger of this strategy and the danger of building this brand so much around Kylie. Okay, um, what are the lessons? Well, there's some really great lessons from the from the social channels and from the growth of the brand so far. And what I've done is rather than tie these to particular digital marketing channels, I've kind of taken them as applicable lessons that, that we can all take because I appreciate talking about this particular Instagram post and how it looks great with all the different colors of uh, of lip gloss. You know, that's not massively relevant to our, our fantastic cohort of listeners who run solicitors firms in Hull. So how can we take these lessons? Well, the, the first lesson is the power of personal brand. This is such a basic thing and it's staring us all in the face and yet so few businesses make the most of this. Repetition and familiarity builds trust. That's it. Repetition and familiarity builds trust, even with nothing else going on. By being consistently visible on their feeds, Kylie's audience over time becomes obsessed with her. You can see this if you look at on her uh, on her e-com site, which we'll come back to in a minute. They have these live uh, streams where she'll live stream a video. And the comments, a good proportion of the comments are people saying, I love you. You're amazing. You're so beautiful. And what's happened here is they've been seeing Kylie on her Instagram page so relentlessly in their feeds over the years that gradually that familiarity just makes them obsessed. Right? This is the, the hero worship phenomenon. It's just repetition. So a question for you then, how often do your customers or clients see your face? Now, this is a mad question. I'm not suggesting that you become Kylie Jenner, but how many of your customers are in the process of becoming obsessed with you? <laughs> That's a challenging one, isn't it? But you might not necessarily want that on the surface, but actually recognize that that journey to having people become obsessed with you through repetition is a great way to build a business. This is a business tool that you have at your disposal should you choose to use it. So that's the power of personal brand. The next lesson that we can take from this is taking the time to build the audience. So Kylie has always posted makeup tutorials. And if you go on her YouTube channel, you'll see makeup tutorials um, about how to get her looks and um, you know tutorials where she'd have a stylist or a makeup artist come and do her makeup. There are some that she does herself, some that she shows people how to do specific techniques. She's been building this audience around this sort of content since 2015. She's been building up this audience knowing that makeup can be her thing, ready to unleash all this momentum, all this energy onto a product or a business. So during this time, she didn't ask anything of people. She just built herself up as an influencer in that space, knowing that it would pay off. But here's the thing. They registered the trademark for Kylie's lip kits in 2015. So they registered the trademark for Kylie's lip kits in 2015, which was almost two years before they launched it. And Coinciding with that, Kylie started posting loads of makeup stuff. So she was building an audience ready for this business to be unleashed on the world for almost two 
years. That is strategic. That is thought through. Think how many businesses put two years into their launch plan. Very, very few. So we'll come back to this in just a second. But she also knew that lips were going to be her thing. People wanted that look. She identified the pain point in the audience. What she didn't do was say, great, I've got whatever she had at that point, 100 million Instagram followers. I'm going to start an Alibaba dropshipping store or a a bonsai tree information product business, right? She identified a need or desire that it was in a particular audience. She identified that people wanted to get her lip look. For those who don't know, it was a matte look. I gather (laughs) from my research, Um, she identified this need. So she built a business, a product around a need that she had identified, which sounds like such a basic thing to do. But so many businesses are not created that way around. They are created by someone who says, what do I want to sell? Not what does a specific audience need? She also got the other thing that many new businesses fail to work out right, which was how am I going to reach these people? Because she already had that ready-made audience. She already had her audience's eyeballs. She had her audience's eyeballs and she knew that they wanted one particular thing. So all she then needed to do was plug in a brand to fill that gap and it was going to take off. Which takes us to the third lesson, which is the art of the launch. So I've mentioned that Kylie registered the trademark for the lip kits two years before they went on sale. Just think about how quickly a brand that's part of the Kardashian-Jenner empire could have launched something like this. All you really need to do is find a white label supplier, stick your name on something and off you go, right? That could be a process that takes a matter of weeks, if not months, if you wanted to just act fast, act scrappy, minimum viable product type thing. But that's not what they did at all. We've worked with direct-to-consumer brands who are in that way scrappy, act fast, lean. They'll just throw up a product one day, see how it does, see what happens. And that's okay for some people. But if you want to start with a bang and utilize the impact of a launch, there is a lot to be said for proper prep. So what you'll see with any of the uh, Kylie Cosmetics product launches is that there is a very, very clear launch process. And that is dropping some hints about the thing that's going to come out. So this might be some Photos uh, might be photos where you see a little bit of the product or like teasing photos where it shows you that something is going to come out. What this does is a build a bit of hype. They then launch with a limited number of products. And of course, boom, the whole thing sells out massively hyped. That then gets more attention. And the press attention when they first sold out of those uh, 15,000 lip kits was awesome. That's what built the brand. And that's what built the narrative around this brand from the start was that Kylie Jenner's just launched these lip kits and they all sold out within a minute. That's all you need to know about this business, right? That's, that's the, the takeaway story. That's the little hook that people have. If they hadn't sold out, what is it? Well, it's Kylie Jenner with a bunch of lip gloss. Well, how exciting is that? The story is really how hot these things are and how much hype there is around it. Now, she's not just done one launch and then left it there. She is repeatedly launching new product ranges, collaborating with different people in her life. So sisters, her mom, um, she even has film, uh, what do you call it, uh, co-launches. So she's got a range out around Nightmare on Elm Street um, at the moment. And all of this does is build new releases that you can build hype and you can make a launch around. So it gives people an excuse to buy something new. This is the kind of fast fashion seasonality approach to cosmetics, which is awesome. She's even had collaborations, that's the word I was looking for, with her baby girl twice. 
So what does this do? It just builds up scarcity, which brings us on to our fourth lesson, which is the absolutely ninja use of scarcity throughout this business. Because products sell out repeatedly, Kylie Cosmetics fans are conditioned to respond to restocks, okay? Restocks for most people is not part of their daily life. You don't think about when your shops are going to restock. If you watch a Kylie Jenner stream or you watch her Instagram posts about something, her audience restock is like one of their, <laughs> one of their, uh, their, their kind of, um, their language, that's one of their words, that's part of their language, part of their syntax because the products are so frequently out of stock. So you would think that this is a brand that could afford to keep stock of their products, right? They have a scalable back end. They can manufacture product and they can hold inventory. This isn't a brand that is short of cash. They're backed by Coty, who has plenty of experience anticipating demand for certain products and huge manufacturing capabilities. So what's going on here? Well, it's purely there for scarcity. Scarcity conditions people to buy as soon as it's available. So when you go on the site and you see something that you like, you buy it because you don't know if it's going to be there next time. This is how you build hype. Hype to me is essentially the delta between demand and supply when demand exceeds supply. So if supply is limited, demand is high, you have hype. Fear of missing out kicks in, people get carried along by the current. Now, most of us don't use supply as a marketing tool because it feels completely counterintuitive, right? Why would you not sell product to people that want to buy it? That's mental. That doesn't help you make more sales, surely. Well, in the short term, no, it might not. Could Kylie have sold 25,000 lip kits in that first launch? Probably yes. But by limiting it to 15,000, ensuring it sells out immediately, what she's actually doing is building hype, which allows them to build more revenue in the future. So that limiting supply thing, really interesting. And it's something that they've used extensively throughout the business to the extent that I would call it a key pillar of their digital marketing strategy. If you're enjoying this podcast episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe or follow according to whatever platform you're on. And please do leave us a review. We absolutely love reading them. If you want help with your digital marketing, then Exposure Ninja offers a free service which helps you to understand exactly where the low hanging fruit is with your business and where the opportunity is for scale. So we have this service called the free website and marketing review where you can request a review of your website and your current digital marketing. We'll ask you about your goals and then we'll map you a set of priorities to help you reach those goals within the next six to 12 months. This service is completely free of charge and you can request your free website and marketing review from ExposureNinja.com. We'll send you a 15 minute video with your review, usually within two to three working days. So go to ExposureNinja.com to request your free website and marketing review today. Okay, so that's the good stuff. <laughs> that's the stuff that Kylie Cosmetics is doing well. That's the reason for the growth. So let's now move to the opportunities, let's say. This is predominantly an e-commerce site. So you would expect that the e-commerce component of this business is really awesome. And yeah, that's exactly what I expected too. Unfortunately, it is not the case whatsoever. Now, it's fair to say that the e-commerce component of this site is extremely functional and it works. You can buy, they're using Shopify, it's a simple, familiar checkout. All of that stuff is good. But 
and it's a big but, they are leaving some serious opportunities on the table. So I'm going to talk through some of them around the website just now. So firstly, this is mobile first. Obviously, this is a business that is extremely mobile first. Anything that is led by social influencers is going to have a very heavy mobile user component. So I'm not going to be too mad at them for the fact that their site is, I wouldn't even call it mobile first, I call it mobile only. So huge, massive screens with hardly anything on on desktop. It really doesn't look good on desktop, particularly like homepage type stuff. Really not. This is designed for mobile, which is fine, except that the layout on their homepage is, I'm going to call a spade a spade, poor. So I'm going to talk you through and I'm looking at this in October. So we're just coming up to Halloween. First thing above the fold on mobile, the only thing that you can see is an offer for a free Halloween keychain with any order above 40 pounds or dollars, right? There's no context. It just says free Halloween keychain. That's it. There is no links to product categories. There's no attempt to help you find the right products for you. If we scroll down, we then see a promotional image for Kylie uh, her collaboration with A Nightmare on Elm Street. Again, a button to shop now. No link to other product categories or anything like that. We then have to scroll down. It's a new product. Again, full screen, new setting powder. Then we've got the product range for A Nightmare on Elm Street. Then we've got a picture with Kylie's Nightmare on Elm Street look. Then we've got more products around that range with shop now. So we're talking four page scrolls, and I've still not seen any sort of top level product categorization. So if I'm here for lip products, for example, I have not seen a single option to take me to that from the homepage on this site. I am forced to go through the menu. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. People use website menus all the time. Of course, we are all used to using menus. That's okay. Except when you look at the menu on mobile, it is a nightmare. There are two main categories, shop cosmetics and shop skin. And then we've got, I don't know, 25 subcategories. Some of the subcategories include the same thing. So you can buy lips and cosmetics or lips and uh, skin. Difference? No idea. Maybe the audience would know, but I know that when you run user tests on a 25 item menu, you don't find a lot of happy customers. So this is, you have to get on it, you have to dig around, you have to have a play. So that's my first issue. The next issue is on category pages. Now, category pages are key assets for any e-commerce business. This is the page that you would want ranking for things like, I don't know, lip glosses or um, lip makeup or lip kits, for example. This would be that page that would do all of the heavy lifting there and would get ranking for that term. This is the page that you drive ad traffic to. This is the page that you want to run Facebook ads to if you wanted to sell lip kits because people could then find the particular product that they wanted. So these pages need to work hard. Now, I'm not going to lie, they're not great by default on Shopify. There has to be some uh, updating. There has to be some tweaking with the template. You have to do some customization, which is why when we're building a Shopify site, it's one of the things that we spend a lot of time and energy on is making these category pages work hard. But on Kylie Cosmetics, it's a washout. And here's what I mean. The headline is just lips. That's it. There's no other information about the fact that this is lip makeup. So from an SEO perspective, it's a disaster. The page titles and optimizations from also from an SEO perspective, total washout. There is no information other than everything you need to recreate Kylie's perfect pout. Okay, well, you could have said the different product categories or something, but fine, whatever. So let's say that you want to then dig through these products and you're happy to spend the whatever 
however long it would take digging through an infinite scroll page of different colors and shades and product types with absolutely no filter. This is literally like, you know that rail that they have in TK Maxx, which is just the everything rail, and you've just got to scrub through. And by the time you've reached halfway, you've forgotten what you saw at the start and you just, you've had enough. Well, this is that. This is they've just thrown all of their lip products on one page. There's no way of filtering. There's no way of finding the right thing for you other than digging through. It's a complete nightmare. Let's say that you do manage to find a particular product that you like the look of. Well, the trouble is you've got that color as a different product. So there are loads of different shades of each of these products. If you want a different color, you can't choose it from a product page. It's technically a separate product. So you've got to go back to this nightmare page and try and find the other color of the same product. And by the way, there are loads of different products with very similar colors. It's carnage. There are no objections handled at all. So you don't know what delivery times are like. You've got no idea what delivery cost is. There's no benefits bar. There's no incentives. There's no countdown. There's no availability information at all, which given the restocking thing, they could really use to really ramp up sales and conversion rates from these pages. The copy is dreadful. It's all written in first person from Kylie. That's fine. But it's two sentences. If you click on the uh, usage or the key features or anything, you've got this massive list of bullet points with no arrangement at all. You've got things that are like vegan, and then you've got things about stats, about people agreeing that the formula doesn't feather. But some of these conflicts, some of these repeat. If you're buying a kit, then you've got different stats for different elements in the kit, but they're not broken up. It's a complete washout. And it's actually fascinating. Imagine trying to understand this stuff. There is no email capture, so they can't retarget you if you've left your cart. It's really, really deficient. So I'm looking at this thinking, this is a business that reportedly did $630 million in its first two years. They sold 51% of it for $600 million. And if you take the Kylie piece out of this website, there's nothing there. This is a poor e-commerce site, which is really interesting. So we'll come back to that um, a little bit later on. But SEO, as I said before, total washout. Page titles, metas, they haven't made any attempt to do it. They haven't made any attempt to rank whatsoever. Um, the content on their category pages, those category pages will never rank in their current form. This means that they have very little visibility for non-branded terms which for me is the next growth opportunity for this business. If it wants to grow beyond Kylie, they should be ranking for lip kits. This is the business that kind of defined lip kits. Why are they not dominating, crushing their competitors for these terms? We can even see that they're running pay-per-click ads um, on Google in the US in particular for some of these terms. So they're running ads for things like lip glosses, eyeshadow palettes, um, eye creams, best eye creams. But they're sending people through to these dreadful product pages with hardly any information on them. And it's a complete washout. They're comparing or they're competing against brands like Glossier with fantastic information, superb detail, demonstrations, product images galore, product features, instructions for usage, all of this sort of stuff. And they're just going to get slaughtered. So it comes back to this business that this is a business that was built around the Kylie tentpole. And as soon as you start looking beyond that, you find actually it's just nothing but fields and fields of low-hanging fruit. It's amazing. Honestly, 
the impression I got after looking at this was if you take the Kylie name off this, what do you have? And it sounds like a dumb thing to say. Why would you take the Kylie name off Kylie Cosmetics? But if you took Kylie Jenner out of that, because for example, she wanted to go and do something else and Cody was left holding it on its own. Well, you've basically, Cody is left holding a balloon without the air. There, there really is nothing. So the time to start building and to start insulating against this risk, and also just to be honest, just taking advantage of the masses of people that search for best lip gloss and don't necessarily make their buying decisions because of Kylie Jenner, you could have tons of that market with this, with the traffic, with the volume, with the visibility. She's a link building machine from an SEO perspective. The content is fantastic. The social proof is huge. Get people to tweet pictures, get people to post on Instagram, share TikToks of their tutorials using these products, embed them on the product pages. Imagine the social proof and the compelling, oh, it's impossible not to convert on something like that, but they're not doing any of it. It's almost like the site was an afterthought, which is dreadful considering the site is actually fundamental. That is the place that people convert. So this doesn't look like a brand valued at over a billion dollars. If they're going to sustain popularity and insulate themselves from the criticism of being a fad, it could potentially be time to grow up. Now, as we've said before, you only need one thing to work really well to build something huge. And that's what's happened here. Kylie's built her own Instagram following. She's done the things that we talked about earlier, right? The great things that they've done, the power of personal brand. They've taken the time to build the audience. They understand the audience. She is the audience. She's built that audience. She spent years doing it. Then they sold a product which they knew would hit with them. They've mastered the art of the launch. They've mastered building scarcity. So they've done those things really well. But to take this to another level, the danger is this over-reliance on any one thing. We've been talking a lot about over-reliance recently. The Facebook downtime showed a lot of businesses that you can't be reliant on one particular channel. If you look interestingly, if you look at Kylie's own profile outside of Kylie Cosmetics, if you look at her own profile, we see that she recognizes diversification is important. She's very prominent on TV, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Snapchat, although when she mentioned that she wasn't really using Snapchat anymore, their valuation bombed. TikTok, she is visible. She has spread herself all over these places. She has her app collecting her audience in an owned space, which is really smart. The Jenners are born marketers. They've done that so well. But with the Kylie Cosmetics brand, there is none of that diversification. Their whole success is built on Kylie and that is the vulnerability. Okay, so what are the takeaways from this? Well, for me, there are really kind of three key lessons here. Firstly, building your personal brand takes time, energy, and requires you to be strategic about what you present to the world. But if you do it, you can drive that audience to whatever you choose. I'm not saying that if you launch this solicitor's practice in Hull, you're going to do 630 million in your first two years, as long as you post a few times on LinkedIn each week for a little while. I'm not saying that's the case at all. But what we have to recognize is that there are fundamental human patterns here, which is if you see someone repeatedly, if you listen to them repeatedly, you watch them repeatedly, you build a relationship with them. And over time, that can build obsession, which can be monetized very effectively. So personal brand is important. If you want to use it, if that feels like something that's useful to you, then you should use it. We can see here how big it can be. The second key lesson 
is to think long term. This is not a business that is, it gets called a fad a lot, but this is not a business that behaves like a fad. They spend time putting plans together. They take two years to launch the business with the right products. They put time into their launches. They have run-ups to it. This is a very considered brand. The final lesson is the incredible ninja use of scarcity. Whether this is teasing the products before they come out or this thing about allowing stuff to sell out and actually having legitimate scarcity. Building a reputation for being sold out and the PR that that generates has been really powerful. Now, scarcity looks different for every business. If you are the solicitor's practice in Hull, for example, <laughs> you're not going to say, oh, sorry, we're totally sold out. But what you might say is that we only are able to take on a very small number of clients. So we're extremely selective about our onboarding process. But what you might say is we have a very finite capacity. So we are extremely selective about the clients that we take on. And we will only work with you if we think that we have a really good chance of winning your case. Now, what does this do? Well, this is completely different positioning to most people in the market, which is, you know, we'll, we'll just help you. Uh, we're desperate for business, basically, and we will just help you, whatever. So it immediately disarms people. So you can use scarcity in different ways and how it works for your business will obviously be very different. But for me, there are some fascinating lessons with Kylie Cosmetics. I wish them all the best, but there is a real danger and this real vulnerability around the reliance on Kylie as the figurehead and really everything that is good about this brand's marketing online. I hope you've enjoyed this. We release a new video every week on our YouTube channel as well. So don't forget to head over to YouTube and search for Exposure Ninja. Until next time, see you soon.